Welcome to the House Call Podcast. We're back. We're back. We have predictions for you this week. A lot of really exciting games and a lot of not so exciting games. And we're going to start out with uh, perhaps the least exciting of them all. So you have the Carolina Panthers. They are coming off the largest halftime deficit in team history last week, 35 to nothing to the Bengals. And second half didn't look much better. Um, it, it did look better, but uh, <laughs> I mean, for the Panthers, you got to give them some yeah. credit. They got a couple touchdowns. And then you have the Falcons, who have not been able to get over 500. They, they, they've shown sparks and an interesting stat here. They actually set an NFL record with their 13th consecutive loss in which they played for an opportunity to get over the 500 mark. And that was a streak <laughs> that was set in the 2000s. So, you know, Atlanta built a 10-0 lead in the last one and failed to hold on to it. So two teams that are struggling, not having a great season. So let's let's kick this off. Who do y'all have? The Falcons. Falcons. I mean, Falcons. <laughs> I mean, I, I, then again, with that game, last, the last time these two teams faced off, it was actually a really exciting game. I don't know if we see that game again, but I, I still think the Falcons have too much there, especially with Cordell Patterson back. Yeah, the thing I love about this game is even though it is like a garbage primetime game, not only are those teams both being below 500 still in the race for the playoffs, it's like they have a pretty good chance as of right now, math-wise, to make the playoffs. They are still like to win the division even which is just hilarious to me uh, because it's one of the most competitive divisions and the teams are all below 500. So, I mean, competitive in the fact that all the teams equally suck. I'll give you that. But I mean, <laughs> I mean yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's about the extent of it. <laughs> no, um, I mean, I agree that, with all uh, of that. <laughs> yeah, me too. So it sounds like we're Falcons across the board and that's a good transition to our next game because you have the Buccaneers, the uh, the fear division leader at four and five this year. <laughs> they're the they're the top dog. They're the team to beat. Uh, obviously, they've had offensive struggles, and then uh, you did see a little bit of Tom Brady being Tom Brady last game, going up against the Seahawks, who are six and three this year. And Geno Smith is looking like a Geno Smith that I've never seen before. So let's kick it off. Who do y'all have with this one? I mean, the Seahawks, like, you, you just killed it. I mean, the Bucks are an offense that can't figure out how to get down the field unless Tom Brady's got to work like super-duper magic. And then you have the Seahawks, who literally don't have a problem scoring points at any point in time. And like you said, Geno Smith, like, what are the chances that Geno Smith has always been this good? And he just never had a good organization to play football for. Never had a good coach. Never had a winning culture. And now he's in that in Seattle. And suddenly Geno Smith looks like he's a top 10 quarterback that the Jets had hoped, hoped he was going to be when they drafted him. That's who Geno Smith looks like he is now. And I honestly didn't think the Seahawks were going to do anything because I thought it was a Geno Smith that I saw in New York. <laughs> and look at him now. Yeah, and you weren't alone on that either because Russ Wilson goes to the Broncos. It's like, oh, the Broncos are going to be good. Seahawks are going to suck. And then the opposite happens. Like, Nobody oh, sees that. Total opposite. <laughs> this, this this league year yeah. has been crazy. I think like I saw a stat today where yeah. it was like at the midpoint of the year, this is the least amount of offense that we have seen in the NFL. And like, yeah, it's not decades, surprising it me at all. Like, like there's just not a lot of yeah. points being scored. There's a lot of garbage football out there, and it's just surprises left and right. And I think that it's actually made it for a very interesting season. I mean, yeah. Uh, so for this game, though, I had I had the Buccaneers because. I think when you're talking about Tom Brady working his magic on the last drive, right? I think what you really mean is he started calling the plays. 
And I think as they're getting more into the season, they're, they're realizing that him calling the plays is kind of what they need to do. Um, I think the issue really just stems from it's not a lack of receiver talent, and it's obviously not a lack of quarterback talent, and it's really not even a lack of running back talent. I think it's probably some O-line issues that are deeper and might come back to bite them later, but that defense is solid, and people aren't really looking at it as much because they're they're five-loss team, but it's really not on the defense from what I'm seeing. Um so I don't know. I, I just think they're gonna they're gonna turn around this uh, this game. I I don't think so. I'm a I'm a giant Seahawks believer. You know, I wasn't even a Seahawks believer two weeks ago, but now put me on the train. Um, <laughs> I I honestly just think that uh, the Buccaneers they they're still trying to realistically find their identity on offense. Their defense it's still decently shaky i'm gonna take the seahawks due to their just absolute dominant offense so far this year i mean they maybe have the offensive rookie of the year and kenneth walker the third so yeah <laughs> and then a breeze hall's down so i mean it's hard to go against that yeah yep i'm 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 with you both i have the seahawks in this one so moving on to uh the browns and dolphins we have the browns who uh Spent a lot of money and a lot of draft picks to bring in a quarterback who is not playing for them right now. And then you have the Dolphins, who have Tyreek Hill, who has 1,104 receiving yards, which are the most for a player in his first nine games with a team ever in NFL history. And a lot of people are talking maybe he could hit 2,000 yards. I don't know if anyone wants to touch on that if they think it's possible. So uh, what do you all have for this game? I want to take the Browns just because I, I, I think that, you know, they can be competitive uh, in this game, but the Dolphins just got too much offensively and defensively. Um, like I said, I, I actually had a comment with uh, Jill on this a while back, and uh, I told her that my dark horse MVP candidate, that non-quarterback MVP candidate right now, is Tyreek Hill. I, he's killing it. He's doing things that we haven't seen done since, you know, Calvin Johnson, realistically, and I honestly think that if he continues to do what he's doing, there's a really solid chance he does go over the 2,000-yard mark. He is going to score the touchdowns. He is going to have the receptions. He's just playing out of his mind. And it, every, it seems like every week I'm looking at him on the field, and I'm like, how could the Chiefs let this guy go? Especially with what they have at wide receiver right now. The Dolphins are – I just don't think the Browns can keep up. I don't I, – I, I think that the Bradley Chubb trade was really good. I think Tyreek Hill's too much. I think the way that offense is clicking right now, it's just too much for what the Browns are going to be able to do, and they just don't have the defense to stop. Yeah, I, I'd agree with you there. I think their deep ball threat is just too good. Um, and as much as the Browns have the advantage, I think, on run game, uh, I, I, they, they don't have – they don't have the chemistry that I would like to see. And honestly, I'm not sure that's something that they're going to get back when they get to Sean Watson, because I've never really heard of a guy coming in, no matter how good you are, a guy coming in week 11 and really immediately bonding with everyone and turning around. Cause it's not like he's at the practices working in and just can't play games. Like he, he's out. So uh, yeah, the dolphins. Yeah. I'm taking, I'm like, when I was, First, looking at this, I was sort of split 50-50 with it because I know the Dolphins have been struggling against the run at least a little bit. When you're going up against Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, it's a little shaky. Um, obviously, I think Nick Chubb's still going to run all over them, but I'm just going to have to give the edge to the Dolphins due to their just absolute dominant passing game. 
I mean, don't get me wrong. I think the Browns have a chance. Like they, there's, there is a, there is a realm of possibility, right? There's a way this game plays out that does work in the Browns' favor. Like you said, the Dolphins don't have a really good run defense. The Browns happen to have some of the, the one of the best running back rooms in the league. So there is a way that the Browns can somehow pull off an upset here. It's just very unlikely. So I'm, yeah, I'm with I mean, you all on this. In the NFL, though. Yeah. Sorry. Any given Sunday, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not a bad upset pick, but I'm with you all on the Dolphins. Uh, let's go around quick, kind of mid-season predictions. Does Tyreek Hill reach that 2,000 receiving yard mark this season? Yes or no? And I'm going to say yes. I'm saying yeah. There's nothing. He's given me no reason not to believe he can. Yeah. I think just more reps of the same guy. And I don't know is that, I don't know if that's including postseason, but he gets a postseason game in there too. That will definitely help him out. So absolutely, I think he can make it. I mean, yeah, obviously he's probably going to get it. It's just the fact of injuries. Injuries can just derail an entire season, a snap of a finger. That's just the one thing it comes down to, either with Tua getting hurt or him. It's really the only thing that can hold him back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We're all unanimous on this. Yeah. So our next game, we have the Broncos defense special teams against Derrick Henry. Or I guess we can include everybody. Uh, the Broncos against the Titans. Who do y'all have? I mean, the Titans. It's got to be the Titans, I mean, right? I mean, after that, what they just did against the Chiefs, you know, there's no re- – like, I can't see them not. And it looks like, you know, the longer the season goes along, Derrick Henry's finding his stride more and more. And, you know, at one point in time, I didn't think the Titans were going to win that division. And now I don't see any realm of possibility of how they lose it. Exactly, yeah. Derrick yeah. Henry's starting to look like King Henry again. Um, yeah. uh, there was something about breaking the split that really threw him off at the end of uh, last season in that game against the Bengals in the division round. But uh, no, I, I think he's back now. Oh, yeah. No doubt. I, I like. It, it seems so boring right now because all of us are agreeing on the same thing, but it's just the Titans with Derrick Henry, it's just you can't if you can't stop Derrick, you're not going to stop the rest of the Titans. Yep. I mean, they had Malik Willis in last week and took the Chiefs to overtime. Yeah. And anyone looking at that Titans offense and the things the wide receivers have done and, and how that offense has looked and how that, that team has looked, there is no reason that any of us thought the Titans were going to take them to overtime and and ultimately have a chance to win that game. <laughs> like you, you would not yeah. have convinced me last week that that was going to happen. The Titans have the worst wide receivers in the NFL they had a rookie quarterback. Uh, what was he? A third round pick. Uh, yeah. But they can do what they want with Derrick Henry. I will say, if one of the defenses that could contain him would be the Broncos. But what shocks me to say this uh, on Week Ten is I have zero faith in Russell Wilson. I won't tell anybody. So I don't care how well the the Broncos could contain Derrick Henry, and I feel like they'd still somehow lose this game. Yeah. Because of their coaching and because of their offense, you know. I mean, they so, just can't. They can't score. Yeah, like legitimately cannot get in the end zone. And I don't know how many times I've watched Broncos games where they march right down the field, they hit the twenty, and all of a sudden it's like they just have nothing, no answers. Just and completely they have, done. You know, a false start and a holding penalty and a sack, and you know, <laughs> Melvin Gordon puts the ball on the ground. I mean, it's yep. just one thing after another, another there, and I. It blows my mind. I don't know how it, I don't know how a team with that much talent looks that bad. 
Okay. All right, move, moving on to uh, oh, here's here's a fun one. So you have the Lions against the Bears. I did want to give a little credit where credit is due. A few weeks ago, we were all talking about how Justin Fields was just a mess. And he actually did something a little crazy last week. So he set the regular season record for rushing yards by a quarterback. That's not how, that's not how, or, or, sorry, in a single game, 178. Yes. Single game. So that, that's not held by Cam Newton. That's not Michael Vick. That's not Lamar Jackson. It's Justin Fields. <laughs> he also became the first player in NFL history to throw for three touchdowns, rush for a touchdown, and rush for 150 yards in a game. So it's kind of a, a fringe stat, and it's only one game. So I guess that's my question to all of y'all. Um, Lions versus Bears, and then also, was this a fluke, or is Justin Fields starting to figure it out? It's not a fluke. Justin Fields is starting to figure it out. I mean, you look at his fantasy production over the last, I think, five weeks. He's the highest scoring quarterback over the last five weeks. He's just been tearing it up. I mean, if you look what he did against the Patriots, it was a, a similar performance. He just didn't have to do as much. And, you know, honestly, Justin Fields – and the way that offense is constructed, they really didn't do him any favors. I mean, you look at their wide receiver core, outside of Darnell Mooney, they really have nobody. And then, like, Nikhil Harry's catching touchdown passes suddenly. Cole Komet is playing, like, a top-10 tight end. And that defense is, you know, even without Roquan Smith and uh, Robert Quinn, they're still out there doing good things. And you look at just – that Bears team has nowhere to go but up right now, and they're just continuing to ascend. And honestly, right now, Justin Fields looks like the best quarterback out of that draft, best year-two quarterback right now. You can't tell me otherwise. There's no other quarterback that came out of that draft that looks better than Justin Fields. On that note, I think the Bears win this game. I think the way that offense suddenly is clicking, the way that they're calling plays, how they're getting Justin Fields in space, and how that's opening up things downfield because you had to play a zone because you have to keep eyes in the back because you have to watch him so he doesn't to limit his rushing and stuff like that. And all Justin Fields has done when he's looking at zones is pick him apart. So the Lions don't have a good defense. I don't think they have the ability to contain him, and he's going to tear them up. Yeah, um, I would definitely say I think Justin Fields is going the right direction. And um, I don't think the season is going to be nearly as bad for the Bears this season as it was last season. And I think in the future he will be – an, an extremely great quarterback. And I think that that single game rushing record is an incredible feat. When you think about how long Michael Vick was dominant and how long Lamar Jackson has been dominant, especially in his MVP season, that Justin Fields as a second year quarterback is coming out and breaking that is pretty incredible. But the Dolphins, I'm sorry, the Lions are coming off a great win against the Packers. And I know the Packers aren't all what they were cracked up to be last year, but I, I still think they're just going to be riding that momentum and Dan Campbell's going to be able to shut them down. Yeah, no, I mean, I am a Lions believer. Uh, I have been for majority of the season. I realistically want to say it's it's actually going to be an entertaining game. You'd think it's like, you know, two teams we thought would be at the bottom. They're now actually somewhat performing okay. I think it's going to be an actual, you know, offensive shootout. But I'm going to have to take the edge on the Lions due to their – I think they most definitely have a superior passing game. But obviously the Bears have a superior running game. But, I mean, it's both two shitty defenses. So, Ethan and Elliot, I think like... the Bears' O-line is going to be – sorry. I think the Bears' <laughs> O-line is where the weakness is going to come from. Yeah. I think they're going to get a pass rush on him, and he's going to be flustered, and it's just not going to work out. That's what I see happening. I mean, it wasn't like the Patriots weren't getting after him, and he was getting downfield. It wasn't like the Dolphins weren't getting after him. He was I mean, getting after a mobile quarterback – 
It's just one piece of the puzzle. You got to be able to tackle him. That's why Lamar Jackson does the things he does. And Justin Fields is doing the exact same thing. He sits there, he dances a little bit. And next thing you know, he's 25 yards downfield and you have no idea how he got there. I'm, I, I, true. Don't, I don't get me wrong. The Lions beating the Packers is really cool and everything, but the, pa- I, okay. I, I hate, I hate the Packers right now. Okay. Because once again, it's a team that everyone's like, oh, it's all the Packers organization's fault. It, it, everyone's playing. It's just a garbage situation. And the Packers are a garbage team. And for once the Lions are better than the, than the Packers. And I don't, that's not, that's not a high bar to be over this year. So I, I, I don't know. Sure. I don't know. It's, it's just, I, I mean, even, I even though he got the record, look, which is incredible. Okay. What about Josh Allen? I saw a stat today I, I, where I w- he's pretty much identical in stats through his first uh, 19 games or whatever it is as Josh Allen. Like their first okay. amount of games that he's played compared to Josh Allen's passing per- completion percentage, yards, attempts, throwing touchdowns, rushing yards. Yeah, I mean, uh, you I look at dinner. But, I, but you're, we're talking in the category of, of rushing as a quarterback, right? Because that's where we, we're talking about that. Where no, even throwing. Josh Allen. Mobile. Yeah, but I mean, Josh Allen throwing the ball and everything, too, they're almost identical. And Josh Allen's supposed to be the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Well, we'll, well, we'll definitely get to Josh that, Allen so. in a second here. <laughs> um, only thing I want to say about Lions and Bears is I want to say the same thing that Ethan and Elliot said about the Lions, but they've burned me too many times this year. I feel like Dan Campbell, he gives his motivational speeches, he cries at the press conferences, and everybody wants to believe in him, and I want to believe in him. And frankly, they just keep losing. Like, okay, yeah, they beat the Packers. But what have the Packers done on offense this year? So I want to pick the Lions. I want to believe in them. But they burned me against the Patriots. I went against my own team on that pick. And they burned me against the Cowboys. So I'm not, you know, fool me twice, shame on you. (laughs) Fool me three (laughs) times, shame on me. All right. Uh, We have a couple uh, maybe more high-profile games coming up, but uh, this one might be a quicker one. We have the Texans who are uh, one and six and one, and then we have the Giants who are six and two. Does anyone have any hot takes on that one? No hot takes. No. No. All right. Brandon Cooks is supposed to be back at practice, I guess, and that doesn't <laughs> matter because the Giants are going to win this game. <laughs> all right, Giants all around. Yeah. 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 All right. So moving on. We have the Jaguars and the Chiefs. Oh, God. So (laughs) I have a crazy stat for you. Well, Uh, I I have to say the stat. Let me hear it. So this is from CBS Sports. Shout out Mm. to them. Uh, I read this. The Jaguars, dating back to December 2017, the Jaguars are 0-20 in any game where the kickoff temperature is under 55 degrees. (laughs) Meanwhile, the Chiefs are 10-0 in November games. Uh, in their last 10, and they're, they've won their last 14 December games, which is crazy to think about. So we're in November, starting to get colder. History shows that the Chiefs are literally unbeaten in these conditions, and the Jaguars are winless, if we're talking about the last you know, few years. That was a great stat. That. Well, yeah. Tom, I'm, I'm so glad you, you gave me that. You you know, that it, it did not sway me. It did not sway me in my pick. And I'm going to let you know why it didn't sway me in my pick. Because I was already picking the Chiefs to win this game. And I didn't even, like, I I thank you for that. It makes me feel so much better about my pick. And I was already on cloud nine with it. So I don't know how much higher I could get. But but I appreciate all the effort you put in. And 
and bringing that to us. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, we have okay. Now here's a good game. Here's a game. I think a lot of us are very excited for. We have the Vikings and the Bills. I just want to say it. The beginning of the year, I predicted this would be the Super Bowl, and I'm sticking with it. I think this is our first look at the Super Bowl: Vikings versus Bills. Uh, you know, Vikings. You got T.J. Hawkinson's made a big impact. Uh, caught nine catches for 70 yards on nine targets in his first game with the team. So you can't get much better than that. And then obviously we're going to get into this, but Josh Allen, who by the way is the team's leader in both passing and rushing yards is questionable with the right elbow injury. Uh, right now it's kind of day to day, but if he re-aggravated that, that could be very serious. Uh, so we'll let y'all get into that. Who do you have Vikings bills? So it really, I, it's early to tell, right? And I want to say I'm going to take the Bills because I think even with, if Josh Allen it has that tear and stuff like that, the Bills defense is still good enough to, to you know, defend the Vikings and keep the game close. Uh, the problem is, is last time that Josh Allen had this injury, because this is not the first time he's had a UCL uh, strain with a partial tear, he was out for four games. He didn't play. Uh, and that means Case Keenum comes in. Case Keenum... Is got he's already got a rapport with with Stephon Diggs. I think there's a lot of confidence that Case Keenum can can play in that offense. The only difference is is that Case Keenum is not as mobile as Josh Allen, nor does he have the cannon of an arm that Josh Allen has. So the offense automatically becomes limited and it completely changes its scheme. Uh, if Case Keenum plays in this game, this is the Vikings game to win. However, I the Vikings look like the same old Vikings. They're finding ways to try to end up trying to win ugly when they shouldn't have to. There's too much talent on that team for them to have to be scraping out wins like they've done. Well, you'd rather I'm go, win ugly than lose beautifully, wouldn't you? I mean, I don't know. I'd rather lose a game knowing I was going to – like, I, like I, we deserve to lose that game. But winning a game, like, oh, we probably shouldn't do that. And that's the Vikings thing they do. But I'm going to go Vikings here. I think, I think that Buffalo – is going to be trying to save Josh Allen. And I think that's going to hurt, um, hurt what they're doing there. And it's, it's going to be a Vikings game to win. It would be quite the narrative though. If Case Keenum, the quarterback who gave him the Minneapolis miracle came back and faced off against the Vikings, that'd be pretty, pretty interesting. It, it's, um, it's another, it's a Buffalo honestly, miracle to step on digs. That would be something. Um, I, I actually submitted my pick for the Bills. I kind of wish I didn't, or at least I had waited a little bit, because if I had known how serious the Josh Allen injury was, I would probably be picking with the Vikings. Um, but you can, I'll, you can still do that. Because I picked... Oh, I can switch? No, can Elliot. Switch so no, it's not, it's, yeah, Wednesday night, tonight. Wednesday night at midnight is when it cuts off. So up until then, oh, you, can, you can. Yeah, he's <laughs> like doing so, that right now. Let me log into that right quick. Bills yeah. suck, literally. All right. I'm a Vikings pick. <laughs> The <laughs> How fast um, he changes. No. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I think uh, Joe nailed it on the head. Um, when you put a new quarterback in that's so different in play style uh, from Josh Allen, and you can't throw – like that deep threat to Stephon Diggs is so crucial to how the Bills do things. It just opens up everything underneath. Um, and when you don't have that, I just don't see them being as successful. Yes, their defense is really good, but Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson – are one of the best one-two combos in the league right now. And I just see them shredding through that defense. Um, so I got the Vikings. I'm taking the Bills on this. Uh, not only – I'm not really worried about, you know, the Josh Allen arm injury. Obviously, it can become something really serious. 
But we've seen we've seen some really weird things with backup quarterbacks this year, and I wouldn't be surprised if it happens again. It's just it's something I feel like is just going to happen over and over again with the season. We've had, you know, Cooper Rush at sometimes look actually good. We've had Bailey Zappi look good coming in. It's just I think it's something. That's going to be fun to watch if Josh Allen does not play. I realistically think that it is the Bills game to lose. Or does that, you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah, I got <laughs> I just think their defense is superior to to their offense is what I'm trying to say here. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, the truth of the matter is, though, is that like if Josh Allen plays this game and he does get hurt and he hurts that elbow more, like, what's that do to their chances? I mean, because honestly, without Josh Allen, they're, they're not a Super Bowl team. And the way the rest of that division is yeah, playing, it, I don't know if they could pull off the win there in that division because the Jets are right behind them. They've already beat them once. Miami's right behind them. They've already beat them once. And they still have to face the Patriots yep. twice. And, you know, a blind dog can find water at least once. So, I mean, if they if they go, you know, they they easily get swept by the Dolphins or and or the Jets and maybe go split with the, the Patriots depending on how long he's actually out. And suddenly, and get, you know, the Bills get a maybe third place are in division, Or yeah. even out of the playoffs if they get low enough. You never know. Yeah, it's a possibility. I mean, Josh, resting Josh Allen, I think, is is probably your safest bet because if he goes out there in the first quarter, gets smoked in that arm again, and it's done. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just don't see where you benefit from playing your, your franchise quarterback in a situation where you probably missing the rest of this year and some of next year, depending on how the recovery timeline is. Man, y'all have no love for Case Keenum. Man, hey, man. I hey. love me some Case Keenum. <laughs> I, I do too, but look, okay, here's another. You like stats, Tom. I'll give you a stat. Do you know that Josh Allen accounts for 25 of the 28 touchdowns that the Bills have scored? Mm. The other three are Devin Singletary rushing the football. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So that if, if Josh right Allen there. goes out, they're missing like 90% of their production on offense. Scoring production. At that point, I don't care how good Case Keenum could be that day. He's not making up that that difference. And it's just, and I think that's too big of a gap to overcome, especially when, like you said, you're talking about changing an entire scheme. Just because the quarterback you're placing in there can't do the things that your starting quarterback can do. You just can't. Now, it's not a knock yeah. on Case Keenum to say he's not as good as Josh Allen. I'm not as good as Josh Allen. You are. Yeah, if you well, are. He, yeah. Like I said, we, we just we just said earlier, did, did we not, that he's considered to be the best quarterback in the NFL? He was the uh, favorite yeah. to win the MVP at the beginning of the year. To say Case Keenum's not as good as Josh Allen is not a knock on Case Keenum. It's just yeah. the truth. <laughs> I don't. I just don't think that him taking over the team is going to suddenly be an apocalypse where they, you oh, know, I mean, lose a lot of games. I, I agree. It makes them a lot weaker. But yeah. and and I agree. It makes them a lot weaker defend. for it's to defend too. Yeah, and and definitely for this game, uh, it's going to be an issue. So I'm I'm also picking the Vikings. But eh, down the road, they have a good coach. They have good depth uh, on both sides of the ball. And I think people would step up, so they'd be all right. That's all I'm saying. But yeah, it wouldn't be. So speaking it wouldn't of the, be what speaking we're of the MVP right race, yeah. Who are your favorites for MVP right now? Mm. Tyreek Hill. 
No way. I think Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill's doing the stuff that he's doing, man. If he continues to do it, I mean, the only other person it might be is a person that's throwing the football. If Tyreek Hill goes over 2,000 yards and does all this stuff and Tua keeps playing the way he's playing, do you know the last people, last quarterbacks to do what Tua is doing right now all won the MVP? Hmm. So there's a solid chance the MVP trophy ends up in Miami. It just depends on who gets it. They always give it to the quarterback. I, I think it's it's I mean, so hard for right, a it's, wide it's, receiver. I don't I want think it to be. as good of a season as Terry Hill is having, right? We, Derek Henry uh, last season was on pace for, but that was because he was putting up historic running back numbers. And I mean, yeah, if, I mean, if Derrick Henry doesn't Derek get hurt last year, is, he wins that MVP. <laughs> of course, <laughs> I mean, of course. But like you, you got to realize like how how unreal of a season he was having up to that point. And as as good yeah. as Terry Hill is doing, I don't think he's at that point where he's like. I don't know. Like this is the greatest receiver season we've ever seen. I don't know. Even it was if, the like, fastest to a thousand yards. Statistically, it is the greatest yeah. we've ever. Like, Tory Holt is was the next closest one for the season. Tory Holt had, and he's forty yards. For, uh, uh, Tyreek Hill is like sixty more yards than Tory Holt had in that season. So he's doing things yeah, that haven't I, been I done know. before. Yeah, I suppose. I, I, it doesn't have the same feel to me as when Derrick Henry was doing it. No, because of Derrick like, Henry was doing quarterback this. Board. Yeah. 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 If know. he gets that 2,000 yard marker, I think he has a strong case for it and should get it. He's got to go over 20 um, touchdowns, too. I mean, yeah. Yeah. If he can get there, I see the case. Right now, right now I'm saying Josh Allen, obviously. But we're all, you know, assuming he stays healthy right now, I'd say Josh Allen. Hmm. I mean, there's a lot of people who right now, I think the midseason I saw uh, from the NFL Network, the midseason award for MVP is going to Patrick Mahomes, which I don't get. I don't get that at all. Well, you take away your top receiver, and you're still arguably the best offense in the NFL, or at least top three. Pretty impressive. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) All right. Uh, Who do you have, Ethan? I mean, I feel like if – Josh Allen does go down. Tyreek Hill is that next man up. But I feel like he does have to win that triple crown with that 2,000, you know, yard mark. I feel like if he gets that, then he will be the MVP. And if he's not, then there's some sort of bullshit going on. All righty. Yeah, well, let's, that's let's true, too, because even here. though – yeah. I'm sorry. Let's move on. All right. <laughs> so we could stay here all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we could, totally could, but we have a couple, uh, yeah, a couple smaller games, and then we have a couple good ones to finish out. So, uh, Saints and Steelers, uh, a couple teams that were used to being good and and are kind of struggling this year. Who who do y'all have in this one? Oh, it's the Saints game. Saints are winning right. this game. Yeah, I got any, I got any objections? Games. No, I got I got the Saints. I'm a Saints believer. <laughs> all right, moving on to the Colts' revenge game against Mr. Josh McDaniels. Uh, (laughs) We have the Colts against the Raiders. All right, I'm sorry, y'all. I got to go on a rant because Frank Reich was not the problem. He was not the problem. His record as a coach was 40 and 35 and 1. He took over this team, let's not forget. He had, what, a month from when Josh McDaniels quit? And then he had to pick up the pieces of that team. They started out one and four. And it was the first, I don't remember the exact stat because this was like five years ago, but it was the first time a one and four team had gone on to, I think, win 10 games or 11 games, whatever it was. 
Uh, he took him to the playoffs like two or three times out of his five years. He had seven different quarterbacks, none of them particularly great. Phillip Rivers at the end of his career was the best that he had in seven years. Uh, again, picking up the pieces of Andrew Luck. So you look at Andrew Luck, Josh McDaniels, completely screwed over the Colts organization between the two of them. And Frank Reich had to pick up the pieces of all of that. And he still somehow had a winning record of 40, 35, and one. So look, I get it. They are having a terrible year, but I just needed to get that rant out there. He was a scapegoat. The Colts have much bigger issues right now. All that to say, Colts versus Raiders, who do y'all got? I mean, I want to say that, you know, Jeff Saturday is going to come in there and in a week's going to fix the offensive line and that team's suddenly going to be amazing and they're going to be what everything no, everybody don't. thought they were going to be and all that stuff, but it's not going to happen. I mean, they're going to shut down. I, I think that if they lose this game, they shut down Jonathan Taylor for the rest of the year, let him get healthy, and they just take an L on the season because, honestly, there is, they said there's so many problems. The offensive line is one of the highest-paid offensive lines, if not the highest-paid offensive line on that in the league, and they're the one of the worst offensive lines in the league. You don't have the the returning uh, like lead rusher from the previous season, and suddenly you can't even – gain yards with your with your running back core. I think the trade of Neem Hines was poor. I think that uh, the, the offensive coordinator obviously probably needed to go. I don't think their offensive game plans were good. And Frank Wright, I mean, as the head coach, when things start to go awry and you're, you fire the OC, I think that that game was his chance to, you know, right the ship a little bit against the Patriots because the Patriots offense wasn't looking that great either. And we knew it was going to be a defensive battle, but at the end of the game, you know, you looked at how that Colts offense performed and they did nothing spectacular. It seemed like a very generic plain offense. So I kind of feel like Frank Wright wasn't, wasn't all the problem, but he take, he shares a little bit of the blame, but this is like, but then again, you look at the Raiders, right? The Raiders look just like uh, the Denver Broncos to me. You have all this talent, you have all this, this promise and you can't, close out games it would not be surprising to me somehow the Raiders blow another 17 point lead and lose to the Colts I mean it's literally which one of these teams is going to disappoint me more by the end of the game and I'm probably going to take the say that the Raiders are going to win this game but it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Colts ended up beating them from the way they've played yeah of the two disappointing head coaches I would take the one that's been there longer so I, I like the Raiders here <laughs> uh I think I, I agree with you Jeff Saturday is not going to come in and just fix everything. Nobody can. It's impossible. Bill Belch could come in and they'd probably still lose in my mind. I mean, you just, you can't acclimate to a culture that quickly, identify the issues and fix them. Even if you already know the problem, it, it's hard to just go in and fix it, right? Like it's, you can identify what you have to do, but doing it is a lot more difficult. Um, a lot of the issues, like you said, with the O-line are going to take years to really actually fix themselves. So yeah, there's no way I don't think that uh, the at least a few months to get better. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah. Oh no! Once again, I'm sort of this is like a game where I'm fifty fifty down the middle with. I mean, it's shit versus more shit. I. Uh, it, it solely depends on uh, if you know the Raiders' entire offense can pull their head out of their fucking ass, um, and actually perform. Uh, you know, you get Darren Waller back out there hopefully this week. Maybe he does something for once this year. But on the other end, you know, if Jonathan Taylor comes back, maybe he does something since for the first time since week one. I, I mean, it's just a, a full of just a bunch of what ifs. Can the Raiders actually perform like they're supposed to? Can, you know, the Colts supposed to be best running back in the league 
actually perform like the best running back in the league. I mean, I, I'm probably going to take the Raiders on this. It's just, like I said, shit versus more shit. I mean, the deciding factor for me, really, I mean, the thing that would make me think the Colts could win this game is that defense, because the only thing that's been good for them all year has been that defense. I mean, they're defensively only giving up like 16 points a game. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I have one more set on this game. So this last century, a lot has happened in this last century. And in that time, Las Vegas was 52 and 2 when they were leading by 17 or more points entering a game. 52 and 2. <laughs> all of that all that long history of the Raiders uh and they're a pretty old organization. I couldn't tell you exactly how many years, but they've been around like pretty much from the, from the start. Um and then this year they're 1 and 3 in those situations. So Josh McDaniels managed to have more losses when they're leading by 17 than all the rest of the Raiders coaches in their entire team history. So you just got to throw that out there. A uh, bunch of Patriots fans around here. We got to trash Josh McDaniels just a little bit. Uh, all right, moving on to the Cardinals and the Rams, a couple of teams that there were really high hopes for going into the season, and they both uh, yeah, have shown flashes, but neither team has really been what people have expected. And we just found out the Cardinals, uh, Buda Baker, Star defensive back uh, is out for two to four weeks with a high ankle sprain. That's a huge loss to a secondary that was already, you know, that very much needed him. (laughs) And then you look at the Rams, Matthew Stafford's in concussion protocol right now. So that's something to monitor. So so what do you all have uh, for this game? So I had chosen the Rams earlier in the week or earlier in the day. And literally maybe three hours later, I saw that, Stafford was in concussion protocol and I went in and immediately changed my pick. I went, I said, Cardinals are winning this game. I mean, Cooper Cup's in with an ankle injury. Matthew Stafford is not starting. I don't even know who the backup quarterback is for the Rams, you know? So it's not like Case Keenum and, the, and Josh Allen there. It's, it's Matthew Stafford and then some random. And I'm not saying that that's, you know, the, the down, you know, but I, I just don't think the Rams have shown that they can score a lot of points. And I think that the Cardinals, the one thing they seem to be able to do is score points. So, I mean, I, I got to go with the Cardinals here. Absolutely. I'm, I'm in the same boat. I mean, that Rams offense against the Buccaneers kind of began and ended with Cooper Cup. And now the guy that throws the ball to Cooper Cup is out. So it does not sound like a perfect storm for a great offensive performance to me. I would take the Cardinals any day. No, I'm a firm Cardinals believer, especially against the Rams, who have already been, you know, struggling more on the offensive side of the ball, more like than the defensive side. But I, I mean, I know Kyler. I saw something about Kyler Murray having some sort of hamstring injury today. That could be somewhat alarming in some ways, but I still feel like. Even if it limits his scrambling, he's still going to find D Hop down, down the field somewhere. I feel like it's just going to be probably a shit show on the Rams side if the, when they don't have Stafford playing. If they don't have Stafford playing, so yeah, I'm definitely taking the Cardinals on this one. All right, moving on to, and I, I'm still I have the Rams, but I don't feel great about it. So, uh, moving on risky, to risky, 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 risky. Moving on to the Cowboys and the Packers. 
We just found out linebacker Rashad Gary uh, towards ACL last week and is out for the season. So that's another loss for the Packers. Uh, I don't know. Is anybody going to, is anybody going to pick Green Bay on this one? I already made my one mistake picking Green Bay last week. I had literally gone against them for four weeks previously, and I was correct in every single one of them. And I literally – it was a 50-50 toss-up for me. I was like, "Uh, the Lions' defense isn't that great. The Packers probably got this. But, you know, who saw Aaron Rodgers throw uh, three red zone picks? I sure the hell didn't. So they fooled me once, and I'm not even going to give them a second chance. Cowboys all the way. We done, boys. Can you shut the fuck up? Yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Cowboys. Packers are going 0 and 6 in the <laughs> last really six boys. right here. Yeah. Nope. If anyone objects to this uh, unified pick, speak now or forever hold your peace. All right, no. <laughs> we, we all got the Cowboys. Uh, Man and what? <laughs> I tried that one out. It didn't didn't work too well. All right, uh, Chargers and 49ers. A uh, couple of teams with a lot of promise on offense, depending on how it goes as the season progresses. What what do you all see in this one? Debo's back. McCaffrey's there. Ayuk's there. Kittle's there. The defense is healthy. The ch- the Chargers don't stand a chance. How did you? How dare you forget Kyle Juszczyk? I can't believe you. Well, you know what? <laughs> you place the fullback position. No one even remembers what the fullback position does in the NFL anymore. There's no one who's got a fullback title in the NFL outside of Juszczyk, right? It's just if you're the hey, second tight end back there, defensive tackle, linebacker, whatever it is. He has carried. Is. He has carried. The 49ers on Madden for the last decade. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Some respect I mean, here. How, how, uh, what I don't get is how he can be so good at, at, at being a fullback, you know, catching the ball, running routes, running the football, blocking all the things he does. And, like, still for, like, because I, I want to draft, I want to pick him up in fantasy football all the time, but he never does anything. And it always kills me because he is a really, really good fullback. He's probably the best fullback that's been in the NFL, especially like since probably uh, Mike Allstott. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but yeah, my, my, I apologize. Uh, use check Kyle. I'm sorry. I forgot you in this uh, plethora of weapons that the uh, 49ers deploy out there. And uh, I am deeply, deeply sorry for that. Thank you, Ethan, for, uh, Making sure that I include yeah, put, him. Yeah, put some respect on his name. Put some respect on that name there. Put some respect on my name. Uh, yeah, 49ers by a million. How about that? I have a little bit of a controversial pick here. All right, looking at the spreadsheet. Oh, I'm the only oh, one to pick Chargers. Look at... I'm listening. Now, I'm going to go well, Ethan Well, so you're going to be 0-1 right? at least. You're going to be 0-1 at least. <laughs> Here's the thing. Every so often in the NFL, there's a team that has everything going for them a team that has nothing going for them and it intersects in such a way that an upset happens because any given Sunday for that reason, I'm going with the chargers because somehow Justin Herbert finds a way to be terrible against bad teams and great against good teams. And I think this is one of those weeks where he's just good enough to surpass him. See Elliot, I, uh, I disagree with you as in I am going to pick the 49ers, but I am shocked by Joe and Ethan's uh, like you, you act like this is crazy. The chargers are five and three and they're three and one on the road and yeah, they have a great coach. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, okay. This is a team that if they can for once have all their receivers healthy, they, they can do some stuff on offense. They can do some serious damage. And we've seen glimpses of that this year. And we saw a lot of it last year. So it's not a crazy pick, you know. I, I'll give you that, but but the 49ers, I mean, that offense is just stacked. 
you know, like Joe was talking Keenan about. Allen, there's still no word if Keenan Allen's playing this week or not. His hamstring's not yeah. healing the way it's going to heal. So they're going to be doing the Josh Palmer, Mike uh, Williams, and, you know, they finally, at least they finally got Eckler involved. You know, it only took him yeah. like six weeks. I think Williams <laughs> is true. questionable too. I'd have to check that. But Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah four, 49ers by 2 million. Perfect. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the 49ers every day of the week. <laughs> Every single Sunday because of Kyle Juszczyk, just because of him. Yeah. yeah. Juszczyk train, baby. Yeah. I'll put some respect on my name. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Can't slow it down. I'm going to buy his jersey. Uh, pick, <laughs> pick him with the number one pick for fantasy next year. Next not year. McCaffrey. I promise I will. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right, y'all. We have made it to the final game, the most competitive of the night. Uh, we have the Commanders and the Eagles. <laughs> Oh, and, God. and uh, I will long. say Ernesto wanted me to mention this. He's not with us here tonight, um, but he is fully on the Taylor Heineke train, as we all know. So he's picking the commanders. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's got a Heineke tattoo on his shoulder right now. I it's think just like, it's in a heart. There's an arrow through it in his like house. It's just all yeah. Heineke related. Yeah. Yeah, he's in he's in the closet right now, like praying to the Heineke gods. You know? He has a whole shrine of Heineken. Heineken. There's a there's a little Heineken keg, one of those little Heineken kegs there, and he's got he's, not, he's got X down and just says Heineke Cuts on out it. The end. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't know. I mean, as the much as I think that, oh, yeah, the, the Eagles d- played play down to their 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 competition. This is a divisional game. I don't know if they're going to do that. Um, but they didn't look that great against the Texans last week. And, you know, I, I think that you know, they the Texans ended up covering that spread at the minimum. I do think that the commanders are a better team than the Texans. I think their defense is better, and I think that their offensive weapons are better. And if the Eagles aren't careful, they may find themselves in, in a dogfight in this game. But I, I don't have enough confidence. I don't, I'm not on my – I'm not on whatever uh, – Ernesto is on to think that the the commanders have a shot here. Think about this. Many of you using drugs out there now. No, I I mean, I love the commanders. Don't get me wrong. My my dad is a commanders fan. God pray for him every year. But (laughs) I, as much as I love them, and I may not have a giant obsession of Heineke as Ernesto does, but... I can't take them here as much as I want to see the Eagles lose. I, I just don't think it's going to happen. It's not this week, I don't think. It'll happen. They're not a 17-0 team by any stretch, but no, they're also not an 8-1 team. So, yeah. yeah. I will say, uh, despite how terrible their offense has been, the Commanders are 4-5. and five. So it's just it's a testament to their coaching that they do, they do find a way sometimes in, in games that – Maybe they're not supposed to win, but it sounds like we're all we're all Eagles on this one. Oh yeah. Yep. Much, much so, to Mr. Ernesto's dismay, there's gonna be a comment on this video as soon as Rob puts it up. It's going to be Ernesto, <laughs> and he's gonna be like, "How dare they not go with my Heineke hype? How dare put, they do this to me?" He's gonna put his gif in the, uh, <laughs> the chat. Yeah, the, the the Chase Young pointing at his back <laughs> and everything like that. Like, I mean. Don't get me wrong. I think that the, the, the commander's record would be significantly better if Heineke had started from the beginning of the year. I think the Carson Wentz trade was a waste of, of draft capital. And I it's just, it doesn't make sense to me, especially like Ron Rivera knew the problem was under center. And it literally took an injury for him to solve the problem. 
And then and then Heineke comes out there and suddenly that offense just starts to look better. I mean, they they play for the guy. He's a, he's a leader. That team's playing has played out of his mind for him, and we've seen him perform in big games. I mean, he went up against Tom Brady in the playoffs and absolutely killed it. So I understand Ernesto's stance on Heineke. It's kind of like Elliot's love for Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> uh, it's just you know, it's. I was actually going to say it's a lot like Trey Lance getting injured and G- Jimmy G coming in. Took yeah, Jimmy G coming in. Speaking, speaking in of which, you're, you're going to love this, Elliot. I actually had a my, I have a friend I work with uh, at my at my big boy job. And I'm not doing videos with with you, you lovely men here. Uh, who's a 49ers fan? He's like, oh, Jimmy G's gonna, he's gonna be back next year. Uh, they they realize the error of their ways. They're gonna bring Jimmy G back. I was like, do you remember that video where they showed Jimmy G throwing like to assistant of the assistant coaches, like in an obstacle course, out there throwing passes, and like yep. he didn't even get to play with the other kids on the playground because they didn't want him over there stealing Trey Lance's uh, limelight. And you think that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to come back? And no, it's not going to happen. I don't care if he goes all the way to the Super Bowl and they win a Super Bowl together. Jimmy G is out the door. You, you burn that bridge, buddy. It's not coming back. So, uh, yeah. but I mean, Taylor Heineke, I just don't think the, the commanders have enough, even if Taylor Heineke plays out of his mind. All Agreed. right. So we think the Eagle. Oh, did you have some, Elliot? I said agreed. Oh, agreed. <laughs> Good. We are all in agreement. So we think the Eagles are going to fly away with a victory. So we are going to fly away with this <laughs> podcast and call it a day. Um, if you have not already, you should check out our TikTok. Um, not our Tinder, our TikTok. Uh, our Maybe we should Instagram. make a Tinder, though. Maybe we should make, we get more matches, you know? I've been saying that for a while. I mean, whatever <laughs> works. It's called Tinder. Swipe right, guys. Swipe right. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Uh, a MySpace, uh, LinkedIn, I mean, you name it. Uh, Facebook, no, we don't have Facebook yet. That one actually we could consider. Uh, YouTube, (laughs) Instagram, Spotify, we're growing. We're so happy to have you on board for everyone who's listening. And this has been the House Call Podcast, signing out. I did want to point out, Jake was mentioning with the first half, second half, not sure what's going on. This is now the fourth game that the Raiders were leading by a double-digit Lead. Mm-hmm.